So welcome everyone to the Immigrant's Journey podcast. This is a place where we discuss the trials, triumphs, twists, and sometimes torturous obstacles in being an immigrant. Today, I am very pleased to have with us Cesar Sugita, originally from Brazil, born to a Brazilian mom, a Japanese father. He came to Ireland 2008 with no English and today works as a senior operations manager at My Mind Mental Health Center in Dublin. He's recently been accepted to a master's program here in business management and is an all-round lovely man with a fascinating story of perseverance and triumph and he's going to share that with us today. Caesar, welcome. Ah, thank you very much for having me and thank you very much for the nice introduction. <laughs> it's my pleasure, Caesar. So as always, I like to start in the beginning. Um, tell me about your life in Brazil before you came to Ireland. Um, well, basically my life in Brazil was just a regular um, life. Um, I was just going to college, I, I was um, working as well, so it was just like basically trying to build up my career, so that was my focus in Brazil back then when I was living there. And what were you focusing on in terms of career? What was your aspiration at the time? Um, so basically I was doing um, advertising and publicity, uh, so that, that is actually my um, original background. And uh, so it was just uh, trying to work in field. So I used to work in an advertising agency. And then I was just basically trying to build up network and, and I was kind of career driven back then. But uh, like, I think throughout the, the, this conversation, we'll figure out that a few things changed in my life. So career wasn't really a priority for me. Ah, that's very interesting. We'll definitely get to that. But going back even before college, what was it like growing up in a multicultural home with your parents? Um, so I think I had a very uh, interesting uh, childhood uh, because not only I was raised in a multicultural um, environment because as you said, my mother is Brazilian, my father is Japanese, and it was a rural uh, community and there were um, mainly Japanese people um, so it was really a, a mix of talking Japanese and Portuguese and, and then mixing the both uh, culture but I'd say mostly in, in our house it, it was um, predominantly Japanese because uh, the type of food even the type of music we used to listen to um, and and we used to consume a lot of the videos uh, from Japan. So people would record it and then they would share it inside the community. So it, it was mainly Japanese. So like, for example, when I was growing up, I had to educate myself to the Brazilian music because I wasn't used to them. So when they were actually um, playing the radio, something like that, I wasn't listening to them. So when I was growing up as a, a teenager and then I had to listen back to, to the tracks if that, that makes sense yeah uh, so it, it was interesting i used to uh, go to both um, brazilian school and japanese school when i was a kid so it was from monday to friday and traditional education in brazil and then the weekend saturday and sunday was uh, a japanese education 
Wow, so you had no days no, off. No, I didn't. It's <laughs> <laughs> really like super Asian where the parents yeah. put so much pressure on their children to learn. Um, I don't think it was really a pressure. Okay. Um, I think the, especially my father, he just wanted to make sure that um, I was really in touch with the, the education, the language and stuff like that from Japan. Yeah, that you didn't lose your culture even yes, though yes, you were yes. in a new country. What brought your father to Brazil? Uh, wow, that's, that's a long, long story i suppose um I'm, i always say that to people but i cannot uh, be sure that is a hundred percent but basically um it was as a result of the second world war um i think uh, japan went through a very um deep recession after the war and um they were basically sending um part of their population to other countries and it was at the time that Brazil was accepting a lot of the immigrants as well so there was a lot of um, advertising in Japan to like the new world and new opportunities yes. like um, what happened with let's say Irish people going to America but it was Japan between Japan and Brazil yeah. and then I always speak to my grandmother and she is the brave one in the family actually. She wanted to go by herself but the, um, the condition was she had to come with the husband okay. as a family. Yes. And I don't think my grandfather was really keen to go to but they, they, they ended up going and my father was only um, a child back then. Okay, so he actually grew up in Brazil. Yes, we can say that, yeah. Okay, but he still kept his culture and he passed it on to his son. That's pretty oh, yeah, good. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's nice, you had the best of both worlds. Now let me ask you, did you learn how to do the samba? I actually did. Uh, so when I was um, in my teens, I actually went for a, a dance group and stuff like that. So I, I used to... <laughs> not only the samba, but I actually never did that, but a different uh, type of styles and then yeah, so I was always been interested about dance. That's really cool. Mm. Do you still dance today? Uh, not really. I think um, now my current life, I don't really get the chance to, to do this stuff like that because I'm quite busy. Right. Um, but and, and then as well, I think you kind of shift your life that you lose interest in a few things. So I actually don't do that anymore. That's true. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> we never know. <laughs> I can still go back to this. So what motivated you to want to come to Ireland, especially with no language? Uh, so basically, it, it was pretty much by accident. Um, uh, when I finished college, um, I was thinking about just explore a little bit of my um, Japanese uh, heritage. So I decided to go back to Japan. So there I was doing um, cooking class. So I went to a cooking um, college and, and then it was a full-time uh, chef training um, that I did for a year. And when I was in Japan, I, I met with a lot of um, people from different nationalities. And then I, I always felt a little bit frustrated because I wanted to talk to them and they always presumed that I learned that, that I would speak in English. And then I, I felt that I missed the opportunity to meet and, and get to know different people because I didn't speak the language. So, so that was one of the motivation why I wanted to come to a country that I would uh, have the opportunity to learn English. And then at the time when I when I finished my um, 
training in Japan that I went back to Brazil, a very good friend of mine, he was living in Dublin. So that was why I considered um, Dublin because I had someone that could help me if something would go wrong, let's say. Um, so yes, so that was the motivation why he decided to come here. Yeah, safety net is so important. When I moved to Ireland, we also, me and my ex, we had friends who were here first. I think moving to a place from scratch would have been too intimidating. Uh, but at, at the same time, I always say that I, I, I was a little bit naive because my um, in my head, I was just like, I moved in uh, to a different country. I know how it feels like to not have friends and, and stuff like that. But I... I Completely, I was completely oblivious to the fact that I didn't speak English. <laughs> so then, when I came here uh, to Dublin, I was just like, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I can deal with any other difficulty, but how am I going to communicate with people? So yeah, and then the reality sunk came very quickly. <laughs> so what did you do initially, like for work and just communicating with people? You found the Brazilian community, obviously. Um, I, actually, no? I actually never got really involved into the Brazilian community because I didn't want to be trapped into this um, bubble, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I... I I happened to come in 2008 uh, and then everything seemed very great in terms of job opportunities and economy and so on. But when I came here, people started talking about recession. So it was the big recession that happened from 2008, yes. uh, like that happened to most countries. And then I was so like shocked because I was like, I just arrived, I cannot <laughs> be, be landing in a, a country in, in recession. And then it all happened very quickly. And I I saw like people, they were out of jobs and 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 there wasn't opportunity really. So I I just got a little bit uh, scared about the situation, but I was determined not to give up. Uh, so for the first three months, what I did, I just focused on learning English because it would uh, increase my chances of getting a job. So I did this, so as long as I was awake, I was studying. And your owner with a teacher? Uh, I both, because I used to go to classes, but then when I was at home, I was either studying or else I was trying to um, make friendship with people that would be speaking English to me. And it, it actually helped me a lot. And then it, it, it worked for, for, for my favor because in three months I was able to communicate it wasn't the best <laughs> <laughs> for sure you could get to an interview at least yeah but I, I managed to learn very quickly uh, thankfully um, so then after just three months uh, I was able to um, get a job in a restaurant so I was working as a preparation chef which was kind of intense <laughs> as my, you can imagine in working in a kitchen can be yeah uh, but it, it was good because it helped me um to go through the the, the rainy rainy days basically yeah yeah so that was my beginning here oh that's brilliant that you had that chefing training under your belt you know what i mean because like most people when they start in ireland and they have no experience they start you know as the kitchen porter yeah so, so basically uh when i was thinking about studying in japan there was one of the things that i took into consideration because um to be a chef is something that it can be transferable to a, a different like country so it's Absolutely. a very employable profession if that makes sense yes 
Um, so you, you actually worked into my favorite part a lot because even though I didn't speak English that well, there is always opportunity uh, for opportunities for chefs. Uh, so that was what happened to me, so it work worked out well. That's excellent. So how did you transition from being a chef to living here three months, a little bit of English, to where you are today in my mind? Um, so I, I always knew that it was just going to be um, um, a step for me to get used to the culture, the place, and, and to support myself. Um, but I, uh, I knew that in the end it wouldn't be something that I would be doing for the rest of my life. So the chefing, the chefing, yeah. Uh, so then, in the meantime, I came across with my mind. So my mind, for people that don't know, is actually not a big organization. So my mind is a not-for-profit organization that provides mental health support for the for everybody, basically. So it's just making affordable and accessible uh, mental health services. And primarily what uh, my mind provides is counseling and psychotherapy. So for many issues, like any mild to moderate mental health difficulties, so depression. So it is uh, depression, anxiety, stress, and um, so it's um, any mild, again, mild to moderate difficulty. So when I came across with my, uh, my mind was right at the beginning, so it was more like a startup. And then I, I just thought the idea was very interesting, so it just to make it available for people. And I always, I, I'm a huge belief that everybody could benefit from psychotherapy, uh, even just for self-discovery. Um, people don't really need to be in, in a crisis uh, to, be, to understand themselves better and, and to become a better person. Yeah. Whatever that is for each person. Exactly. Uh, so then I just realized that back then um, they had a, a very good idea, but the, the branding side, the, the, the presentation to the public wasn't the best. The marketing. Yeah, the marketing. Which is what you did have experience <laughs> yeah. So it was what I, I, I had the, the experience because it was what I did in Brazil for three years. So I used to work with branding and, and communication, stuff like that. So then I just said, well, I can do this pro bono. So I got involved with, the, with my mind back then this way. So it was just me working in the restaurant and studying um, English and then on my days off <laughs> working pro bono. Well, I, I, I was busy back then. So you're busy now. So <laughs> well, I'm still busy. That hasn't nothing changed. changed much. Yeah. Um, but it, it was for me an opportunity to uh, put my foot into the, the office type of job that I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and then eventually just move from the chefing job to an office Full job. Full time. Yeah. It, it was uh, what happened in the end. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. And how has working in a mental health center changed your perspective on mental health? Uh, it is very interesting because um, so basically we, we work with a multidisciplinary uh, team of professional and, and as well the type of client is, is a very um, mix. Uh, so it, it is a very interesting combination because even uh, I always like to be in touch with um, um, psychologists, psychotherapists and counselors because they all work differently so they have a different um, 
ways of dealing with the same thing. For example, depression, they might go in different ways about the same thing, which I find very interesting. Uh, and then as well, um, people have such a rich uh, personal experience. And I always think that if you can learn from other people's experience as well, it, it is very rewarding and, and you can add to you to yourself. So I, I'm just talking about what I gain from, from this. So for my personal gain from, from the work, I, I find it just very fulfilling. And I think for, as well, um, yeah, so, so then as well, just the fact that um, the, the work, I, I get to uh, see other people's improvement and, and, and then see the help that I, I can offer to people as well. I think that is very rewarding for me. Um, but just in, on, on the same topic as the, 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 the podcast, is just in terms of um, being an immigrant, I think my mind offers such a, a huge opportunity because it, it is not only for the Irish community and, and actually uh, only about 60% of the people that come to my mind, they are actually Irish and the, the remaining 40% they are from different nationalities. Uh, so the reason is because we have um, a multidisciplinary team again, and but in different languages. So at the moment we have um, more than 15 different languages. So for, for basically many of the European languages. And so if someone like me coming back, back in the days when I came that I, I wasn't able to speak the language, I could come and then have my session in Portuguese, in Brazilian Portuguese, for example. Uh, so it is um, a service that, that, that can benefit uh, people that are struggling with getting used to the new place and, and so on. So I think my mind it, it fits in quite nicely as well to the idea of helping immigrant. That's excellent. No, it's, it's a really excellent service. I'm actually looking forward to speaking with some of the therapists here about <laughs> their experiences. Dealing Very with good. Yeah, I, I suppose you have a lot of people that you can invite for the podcast because we have a lot of different uh, people from different countries and it, working with my mind. So exactly. that can be interesting as well. And even speaking to them about their different approaches, because I think the public in general is not that knowledgeable about what therapy is, what the different approaches are. It's basically you're using different toolkits to solve a problem or to look at a situation and to analyze yourself. Okay, well, I could make some comment about that, but I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not really a mental health professional, but I think what uh, I, I like to, to think about the different approaches, you need to think that um, there, there is the long-term therapy and then the short-term yeah. as well. So that's something you should consider. So if it is, uh, if you want to go through the, the long term, it's just diving into your past experience and then trying to understand it. So it, it and then this understand the impact of where you are today and how you can learn from this for, for the future as well. And then in the short, the short term is more about um, building up a, a resilience and then learning coping mechanism for something yes. very specific. Uh, so yeah, it depends on, on what, what your goals you, are you, uh, yeah, and what, what you're your there goals for. And, and as well, the stage of your um, mental health. Uh, so if it is something that is really affecting you in a more immediate and then short term would be more benefit than long term. But again, I'm not a mental health professional. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully I'll be speaking with them soon and then I'll let you know what they say. So. 
What shifts in your thinking have enabled you to push through resistance and succeed in life, especially succeed in your life in Ireland? Well, I think if you have the Japanese upbringing, you're, you're halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I was like, from my um, upbringing, I was always um, taught to be resourceful and, and then uh, one thing that I really taking with me with, from the, the Japanese community, um, uh, sorry, Japanese um, culture is about the work ethic. I think Japanese people, I'm generalizing here, are very, take the uh, job very seriously and so they work hard and stuff like that. So I think that helped me a lot to overcome their difficulties and yeah. Just willing to have that perseverance yes, no matter yes. what. Because um, it, it is difficult for anyone moving from one country to another, uh, regardless of speaking the language or not. I think it is difficult. Yeah, it certainly is. I just find your situation so impressive, like how you came here in the worst possible time yeah, with that no was... <laughs> language and you pushed through that. Now that is saying uh, something. Uh, the funny thing is that um, like a few years later, my sister came to visit me in Ireland and then I, I just opened up about the experience I had or how it was at the beginning. And she was so shocked because she didn't know because I just kept it to myself and then she was just like, oh my God, that sounds tough. But I, I was just like, if I wouldn't go push myself through it, it wouldn't work. Yeah. So then when everything was already fine and it was the past for me, or like that Then happened. you could talk about it. <laughs> but I think that's such a typical thing when dealing with family mm -hmm. and parents. When you are going through difficult times, you don't want to tell them what's going on because yeah, you don't I, want to I, worry yeah, them. Yeah, I didn't want to worry them. Um, but yeah, I managed. So that was all good. <laughs> So what has been the most difficult obstacle that you think you've had to overcome in terms of adapting in Ireland? Was it the language or was it something else? Um, I think the, the language was for sure very difficult, but it's something that you learn with time and then it just becomes a blur, like a pa um, something of the past. Um, but uh, uh, I, I, I cannot point anything that was specifically uh, specifically too hard for me I think everything obviously it wasn't because you're doing very well <laughs> <laughs> but I think you said maybe that's my whole attitude in life in general I try not to be caught up to the tragedy so like what is difficult yeah. and, and so on it was a difficult but I managed to go through everything I didn't die so <laughs> so yeah, I don't think I can I can point something specific. Specific. Yeah. Do you have like a daily practice or habit that you think helps you to be successful or helps your mindset on a daily basis? Uh, I think one thing that helped me for sure is that um, I'm very curious. Uh, so just that curiosity just helped me um, with, with being resourceful. Uh, learn and yeah, expand. To learn, yeah. So. Um, I for me knowledge is never um, enough. You can always learn things, and that that can be um, applicable for different situations in, in your life. Uh, so I think that would be my personal uh, trade that I think helped me the most is just willing to learn. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Now compare and contrast for me. What was your dating life like in Brazil versus Ireland? 
do Brazilian guys date the same as Irish? <laughs> uh, I think it is different. Um, I think in Brazil um, there is just this very conservative um, people. Uh, so 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 then even dating can be a little bit different um, than than here. That is actually one of the things that I like about uh, Ireland, that uh, people seem to be more liberal, more open-minded, more accepting. And because that's how I am, I, I feel more welcomed here. So I feel more like home here. Than that's that. interesting. Because um, I think more and more, the more I live in Ireland, uh, I see the difference. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense what I'm yeah. saying? Because I look back at how Brazil is at the moment, especially with the current uh, political administration. Yeah, I'm just disaster. like disaster. Uh, it's like they're regressing. Yeah. So, so in in, in that sense, uh, I'm happy that I'm here. That I'm experiencing um, a much more liberal uh, An society, open society. Yeah, than in Brazil. So that applies to dating as well. Excellent. <laughs> What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first came to Ireland? Oh, I, that, that is a, 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 an interesting one. So I always say that if I would know, I would have come before. Really? <laughs> yeah, before the recession. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> no, it's just uh, like I, I actually have no regret about how everything went in my life in terms of my education and the paths I took in Brazil and then going to Japan. I, it wasn't bad. I, I I like what happened, but if I could change that, I would just come here straight and and then build up my life here before because I just love it here so much. Oh, that's absolutely yeah. brilliant! Yeah. And you've been absolutely brilliant, Caesar. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. And that will conclude our chat for this afternoon. And for anyone that is experiencing mental health issues, please check out uh, mymind.org. Exactly. You can find it on Google searches. And their website has actually a brilliant page with all the team, all the mental health professionals. So you can actually check out their different approaches. There is services in five different centers, is it? Yes, we have five different uh, centers, but we also provide um, session online so through a video conference uh, platform and and then we also have uh, affiliated um, members uh, that um, provide service to my mind in different countries as well that's brilliant and all that information is also online and I'll just say for the online counseling sessions because I actually have seen one of your counselors online okay. I was really concerned that I would lose um, the connection you know how when you're conversing with somebody face to face versus via video but i found that nothing was lost it was really really helpful and really really brilliant and i was so happy with the therapist that i was seeing so for anyone that's uh, a bit um concerned that it may not be that good online no it is from personal experience i thought it was fabulous <laughs> that's a very good nice uh, testimony <laughs> so thank you very much thank you very much and i hope you guys enjoyed listening and you can check us out on our facebook page at the immigrants journey podcast. Cheers.